talk a little bit today as they bring up the lights that you were called to freedom. The video shows the different types of freedom that we have, the different things that, that we've been able to, to have within our lives itself. And freedom is an interesting concept when we talk a little bit about it because many times people think freedom is the freedom of their choices that I can choose or the decisions that they make, that I can make the decision to this or I can do whatever I want to do or, or I can say whatever I want to say. And those are the freedoms that we talk about. Those freedoms that we live by, those freedoms that others have shed their life, given their lives for, whether that's physically through um, the wars that we've had been involved in for as a nation or those that have served and given that portion of their lives up to be able to serve our country. Freedom sometimes we think is I can just do whatever I want to do. I, I live in a free country. I can do what I want to do. I can just be free. And sometimes we as a church are like we have this freedom. We, we have the freedom of worship. We have the freedom of expression. I love that. We have the freedom of dance. We have the freedom of artistic ability, creativity. We have those freedoms that we have. Just like this video showed, there's those freedoms to choose an orange or an apple uh, to be able to have that. A lot of countries don't have that. A lot of times we don't realize it because we've never been there. When you've been there, you realize all the freedoms that we actually do have in this country. In 1 Corinthians, I'm going to ask you, you guys, real quickly, I won't keep you long. Galatians chapter 5, turn there. But I'm going to give you some other scriptures. Galatians chapter 5, we're going to look at verses 13 on down. But I'm going to show you some other scriptures real quick as you turn to Galatians 5. In 1 Corinthians 10, 13, uh, excuse me, at 1 Corinthians, it talks a little bit about all things are lawful. This is what Paul says. He says, all things are lawful. But not all things are profitable. All things are lawful, but not all things are profitable. He says, all things are lawful, but not all things edify. So he's talking about there's a, there's a correlation between the Old Testament laws and the New Testament, we, which we talked about this morning, that we operate in. And he says, let no one seek his own good, but that of his neighbor. I like this next one, Tonya, if you will, stick that up. This is the good word translation, and it says this. Someone may say, I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything is helpful. I'm allowed to do anything, but not everything encourages growth. People should be concerned about others as and not just about themselves. And we know being a believer and follower of the way, of followers of Christ, that we have to do away with our selfish, soulish nature. Are you with me? And we have to serve the Lord, okay? We serve Him, and, and we bless others, and we give our lives for others. But in the context of what he was talking about, this scripture was really dealing with the Old Testament about eating sacrifices or meat that was sacrificed to idols. And as you go back and you begin to look at that, I love one translation that Paul put it this way. This might be the Eric Cox translation. Paul said, I have the freedom to do what I want to do, but 
the things that I may do may not benefit me. So if we have this freedom, and we talk about freedom in the United States, and we talk about freedom in other countries and nations around the world. But I'm here to tell you the freedom that we talk about is a little different than what's in the Bible. So I want to take a real glimpse into the Bible and take a look at the freedom. If we look at what's defined in the New Testament as the word freedom, it really means a power over the sin nature. We have the freedom to have a power over the sin nature, the ability to resist temptation and do what's right. We think we have the freedom to choose an apple or an orange, but biblically, you got the freedom to be able to do what's right. You got the ability to do what's right. You have the power. Come on, somebody say, I have the power. Come on, somebody say, I have the power. I got the power, baby. I got the power. We were at a baseball tournament yesterday, and one of the kids was pitching, and, and I said, you got you the man. You the man. You got the power. You know what I mean? It's like, you, got, you can do it. You can do it. And I'm always encouraging. And you've got the power over the sin nature because this is the biblical definition. Freedom, it also means from an obligation to the Old Testament laws. This is going to rub some people in a, in a different direction because when he was talking about the freedom that we have in the New Testament, it was through the Old Testament laws. You have the freedom not to have to follow those laws or the Jewish religious traditions. And we look at that and we the believer is, is guided by his behavior, not by what the law says, but what by the Holy Spirit guides you inside of you. Come on, can I get an amen? Or oh my, depending on where you're at on that situation. Because a lot of times we're trying to fulfill the Old Testament things and God is saying, I give, I'm giving you the freedom over those things. Now you can begin to walk in the freedom of Christ that he has. So 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 is a scripture that I want to share with you today. 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17 says that where the Lord is the Spirit and where the Spirit of the Lord, there is everybody. Freedom or liberty. The word liberty is the same thing. So when I looked at this, I looked it up in the Greek. For some of you scholars that love to, to follow the word and look at it, I looked it up in the Greek, and it literally means freedom. Here's the definition of it. It, it me literally means freedom or, um, or liberty. We have the liberty. We have the power. I have the freedom to have power over sin or that sin nature. Hello? I have the freedom. When we look at it biblically, I have the freedom over the sin nature. Now, the word sin, everybody just seems to like, well, you're not supposed to say sin. You can't say sin. can't talk about sin. Sin literally means to miss the mark. If you look it up, I miss the mark. I would rather aim high and hit it halfway than to aim low and hit it all. We're going to miss the mark. And because we miss the mark, that's how much more important Jesus is, is because I miss the mark a lot. And that yet his grace and his mercy and his, come on, his shed blood on the cross of Calvary and his death, burial, and resurrection, he has defeated, come on, the sin nature. And he's given me the freedom to be able to overcome that sin nature. 
or to overcome the obligation of the Old Testament law and its requirements that I, that I have to live by or the Jewish religious traditions that say you got to do it this way. You can't put this food on this plate because it's not kosher. I mean, those were part of the, the, the laws. It went from ten laws, the Ten Commandments, to thousands of laws. Whether it's the Levitical food laws or all these other things, we have the freedom. Turn to your neighbor and say, I've got the freedom. So Galatians chapter 5, verse 1, it says, For freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and don't let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So what he was saying is that there is a yoke that we can have of the slavery, of the requirements of the law. And if you, op listen, if you want to operate in the law, then you are judged by the law. You can operate in the law if you want to. If you want to stay in the Old Testament, stay in there. If you want to operate by those laws, you're there. But you'll be judged by those. And you're going to need Jesus. <laughs> you're going to need Jesus because you're going to break those commandments. Come on. You're going to break those laws. And you're going to need those. So Galatians chapter 5, when he talks about it, he said that we are the children of promise. We're a child, we're a child of promise. When you look at the Old Testament, you can go back to Sarah because and Abraham. And I'm the children of promise because Isaac was the child of promise and Ishmael was not. His promise was a different promise to Ishmael than it was to Isaac. You can go back and look at it and study it and text me if you want to email and we can talk about that. But I'm a child of promise. I'm from the lineage of Abraham. Come on, somebody. I, I'm, a, I'm a child of promise. So let's, ju let's just jump into Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. It says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. That's the freedom. Again, I'm not saying it's the freedom to choose whether you want an apple or an orange or what store you go to. But it's the freedom to be able to be overcome the sin nature. It's the freedom not to be caught up in the, the, the requirements of the law. Can I say that? And there's a lot of us that we all just heard about the Ten Commandments. We live by the Ten Commandments. You should live by the Ten Commandments. But when you live in the New Testament and you live by the two, it'll cover the ten. Oh, come on, somebody. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. And it's like, okay, neighbor, I got to love you. You were going to love you. And we need to love your neighbor as yourself. It covers those. So in Galatians, he was talking to the, to the church, and he was saying that you were called to be free. But he said this, do not use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another in what? Come on, everybody. Love. Everybody say love. Love. Because it really is about love. God is love. Okay? He is love. Verse 13, you, my brothers, were called to be free, but you use your freedom to indulge in the sinful nature rather than one another in love. Serve one another in love. Just because we're freed from the ceremonial law doesn't mean that we are freed, listen, from the moral law. See, a lot of us in the, I have some to say some of the churches today, are freed from the ceremonial law and think we're freed from moral laws. And we're not. 
me being a believer and follower of Christ, I need to do the right thing because it's the right thing. I'm not, I'm not freed from just the moral laws. I don't get to go out and do whatever I want to do just because I want to do it and violate the moral laws or my moral compass. Come on, which is the word of God. See, Adam Clark, he said this. He made a comment and he says, The gospel proclaims liberty from the ceremonial law, but it binds you still faster to the moral law. If we study grace, grace is actually harder than the Old Testament law. Grace is harder than the Old Testament law. Daryl, I'll give you an example of that. On the, under the Old Testament law, there was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. For a tooth. Are you with me? ready? There's an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. So if somebody, what, beats you up, you just go beat them up. And then you're fulfilling the Old Testament law. But under the New Testament, the New Covenant, that grace is if they beat you up, you just let them beat you up some more. If they drag you one mile, you go with them too. Wouldn't that be something? You get into it with somebody, and you drag them a mile, and you throw them down, and then you're walking, and you start, and they're following you. And you're like, what are you doing? I just beat you up and left you for dead back there. Get away from me. And you follow them the next mile. Are you with me? It's like, so how? you tell me which is easier. It's easier for me to go and whoop your honey out here, are you with me, and be done with it than it is to deal with my heart and my hurt and my pain and love you in the middle of what's going on. That is the grace of God, and it's not sloppy grace. It's the grace of God that I forgive, even though it's hard to forgive, that I have the freedom to overcome my sinful nature, even though I want to take you out. Can I get an amen? So when I look at that and I, I thought about when he said that, it, it, it binds us more to the moral law. So Paul begins to explain in Galatians about our calling. And he says, you were called to liberty. You were called to freedom. Again, freedom over the power. You have the power over sin. Freedom not to allow that Old Testament law to operate within your life. Come on, or control your life. There are some good things in the Old Testament, I'm telling you. But then when you look at it without seeing it through the eyes of the New Testament or looking at it through Jesus, you can get skewed. You can get the wrong idea of love. So he's saying we're a free man or you're a free woman. He says you are. You are free from guilt. You are free from sin. You are free. Why? Because you experienced God's forgiveness. Has anybody in here today experienced God's forgiveness? I, have, I, I could raise up all my hands. Come on. Because I, I, I've experienced his forgiveness. Paul's talking about that you are free from the penalty of sin because Christ died for you on the cross. Oh my, I got somebody that's got it over here. I am freed from the penalty of sin because the wages of sin is what? Death. Listen, I am not telling you that there are no consequences for sin. Sin has consequences. Hello? If I go stand out in the middle of the street and get hit by a car, <laughs> there are consequences. 
And sin has its consequences, but the consequences are not death. They are not, come on, the separation from God because of God's grace, because of God's love. You are free from the penalty of sin. Why? Because Christ died on the cross for you. Oh, come on, somebody needs to hear me today. He did it for me. I heard we went to Africa and did some ministry, and somebody said, well, if one person's saved, that'll be wonderful. I understand that, but that's just a religious saying. Because we're going to Africa and we're holding a crusade and thousands of people are invited and I'm okay with one? I'm sorry. I'm not okay with one. I want thousands to be saved. Come on, somebody. I want people to know and have a relationship or start to have a relationship with the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, the one that can change their situation, the one that gave his life so I could be free from the penalty of sin, the one that allows me that when I make a mistake or when I do sin that I can get back up and I can begin to walk again and I can walk out of that into what God has for me, the one who loves me so much that he gave his only forgotten son, begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life and his name is Jesus hallelujah and I think more and more and maybe I think maybe I was just a lot bigger sinner than y'all were because I'm forgiven much more the greater sinner that I was has been forgiven more than those of you that have the little sins come on somebody but it's all the same to me come on and when Christ died for us, he died for the little sin and the big sin. He died for all of that. So when he was talking about that, when Paul was explaining our calling, and he says that we're free from the guilt of sin and we're free from the penalty of sin, he also says we're free to allow the Spirit, the Holy Spirit that lives in us to guide us and teach us and move in our lives. I get my Holy Ghost goosebumps going today. We're free from overcoming that. So let's jump into Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. He says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. He's talking to the church there. But he says, do not use your freedom to indulge the sinful nature. Rather, serve one another. Verse 14, he's talking about the law. Remember, the entire law is summed up in a single command. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love your neighbor as yourself. I, I'm not saying it. The Bible's saying it. Okay? Let's go on. I want to read Galatians. Let's go through verses 15 through 25, and then we'll finish up here. Galatians verse 15. He says, But you bite and devour one another. Take care that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, listen to this, Walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. See, what happens is when, look at me just a minute. Under the Old Testament law, we had to walk out what the law said, what the law required. Are you with me? And we would uh, rebel against that. We would go against that. He's saying if you walk by the Spirit, then the Spirit will guide you. The, so you walk by the Spirit, then He's going to continue to desire the, what God wants and not what my flesh wants. Listen, yesterday we were in 106 degree temperatures of heat. I wanted some air conditioning. 
We went through four different ball games all day long, and it was up to 120, somebody said 140 degrees on an AstroTurf um, baseball field, and it was hot. The kids' feet were hot because they were playing on it. I'm telling you, my flesh, my physical body, I wanted some air conditioning. And I was like, man, it's really tough. But the wind would blow, and then all of a sudden we'd feel good, and then I'd feel good about it, and then all of a sudden the Spirit would come. Come on, somebody. Or I would allow the Spirit to say, look, I can overcome this. So he says, he says this, he goes on, and he says, For the flesh sets its desires against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. For those are in opposition of one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you're led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Hmm. I could go on and preach for three days on that. Verse 19, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, and this is where he gives us a little list of those, but don't get caught up on those. Just understand that they're there. Immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmities, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger. Have we got everybody yet? <laughs> it's like, well, we'll keep going, and if we don't have anybody, disputes, dissensions, factions, envying, envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these for which I forewarn you, just as I have forewarned you that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. I'm going to do some teaching on the kingdom of God so you got an understanding that if we operate by the flesh, we'll operate with these things. But if we operate by the spirit, look at the contrast that he's bringing. Verse 22, we love this one. He says, but the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness. And listen to this one, self-control. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> we love to operate by love. I love to operate by faithfulness. But when I got to control myself, when that chocolate cake arrives, it's really difficult for me. Maybe just for me. Are you with me? So we've got, we've got to deal with these things. He says these are the fruits of the Spirit. These are the things that we operate in. And he, and he goes on and he says, if we live by the Spirit, let's also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become boastful, challenging one another or envying one another. He's like, don't do these things. Let's look at the message. I think I gave you the, the message Bible on that real quick if you got the yeah there it is since this is the kind of life this is what it says in the message bible i like the way it's worded here since this is the kind of life we have chosen you have a choice you have a choice to follow jesus or not follow jesus it's your choice don't be upset with me if you make the wrong choice hello so he says we if we choose to live this kind of life the life of the spirit Man, that, isn't that awesome? The life of the Spirit. Let us make sure that we don't just hold on to an idea in our heads or a sentiment in our hearts, but work out its implications in every detail of our lives. Listen, Romans 12, 2 says, don't be conformed by the things of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your life. Listen, when I was addicted to drugs... Or alcohol. Are you with me?
I couldn't say I'm conformed in this part of my life, transformed in the part of my life that I learned to forgive and then still act and still get drunk. I mean, there's been times where I have been so intoxicated that I don't even remember. And maybe some of y'all have gone through the same thing. But I can't transform one part of my life without God wanting to get, listen, to the other part. And it's okay to let him have that. I struggled with that. Listen, my father worked for a brewing company. And we really thought we were doing the things right. I tried to drink as much and as long as I possibly could because I wanted to keep him employed. Right? Yeah. I mean, you know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. We believe those things. Well, I'm going to keep him employed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to keep him employed. I personally, myself, tried to keep him employed. I had some guys one time, they were, they were going to, you know, have a little party and stuff, and then they were headed to the store, and I said, and they were going to, you know, get a couple, three or four cases of brewskis and stuff. And I said, look, y'all don't have to drink. And they go, really? And I said, yeah, I drank enough for you and the rest of you guys the rest of your life. <laughs> so I've already covered that, right? So we get into that place where it's like, wait a minute, if I'm going to live this kind of life, and I'm going to be led by the Spirit of God. I want to be transformed. Angela, I'm sorry. I thought you were coming up here. Uh, I want to be transformed by the renewing of my mind. Are you with me? Because I thought I needed that. And no matter what it is, I struggle now. My, my addiction's different. My addiction is different than your addiction because we've all got some of them. Mine is sugar right now. I'm telling you, I, have, I struggle without going a day without sugar. And it's not good to my body either. And are you with me? But how many of you say, thank, thank Jesus, amen? Let's thank Jesus. So when I began to start thinking about this, and I looked at this message Bible, and what it says, it says, don't hold the idea in our heads or sentiment in our heart, but work out its implications in every detail of our life. That means that as you work those things out, that we will not compare ourselves with each other. How many of us use this comparison thing? Well, you know, Pastor Virginia, she's up in the clouds all the time, and she's holy, and she's experiencing the kingdom of God on the earth. You know what I mean? I can't be like her. Well, you don't have to compare yourself to be like her. Guess what? You're not like her. You're different. I'm different. You don't have to be like somebody else. He goes on, and it says, that means we'll not compare ourselves with each other as one we're better or another worse. For we far more have interesting things to do in our lives. Each of us is an original. I remember Dr. Grady McMurtry when he talked about the masterpiece. And each and every one of us are a masterpiece created in the image and the likeness of God. There is an anointing that's coming on this right now that you are a masterpiece. You are an original. You don't have to be like anybody else. You may have characteristics of your family or, 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 or relatives. You know what I mean? You get to a family reunion, some of them you can look around and go, yeah, y'all are family, y'all look like family. You can have those characteristics, but you're still an original. I'm telling you, you are a masterpiece in your life. We were called to be free, to operate in freedom. That freedom is in the Holy Spirit and is allowing the Holy Spirit 
to teach us and lead us and guide us. Listen, the Holy Spirit will guide you to people that will help guide you. Are you with me? Nobody's in, you're not an island out there by yourself. The Holy Spirit, we are called to be freedom. You have the power over the sin nature. Oh, come on, that's good news for somebody today. Because I struggled, I struggled, I struggled, I struggled, and I battled, and I battled, and I battled, and I battled, and I fought, and I fought, and I fought, and I fought, and there were times where it was just like, I'm throwing my hands up. And guess what happens? God would move. I no longer had the desire. Some people I know got set free of, of drugs or alcohol, and I'm telling you, the desire was gone the next day. Some people still battle it 20 years later. But that's where the Holy Spirit works in our lives. And He gives you the strength to know what to do and when to do it. What do I want you to know today is that you have the power. You have the power over those things that try to have its power over you. What I want you to do today is live by the Spirit of God. Let the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control lead your life. Let it lead your life. But I don't want it to. I know you don't. But you know it's the right thing to do. But I struggle against it. We'll keep on struggling. But I'm fighting against it. We'll keep on fighting. And there's going to be a time where you're going to say, like Paul said to the church in Galatians, he said, for it's the freedom of Christ that sets you free. My freedom may be in a country, but my true freedom, my true freedom that I'm called to is in Christ, is to operate with the Holy Spirit to teach me, lead me, guide me, direct me to follow after Christ in his fullness. Stand to your feet today. I love to be able to have freedom of choice today. How about you? I love to be able to have freedom to be able to go in and choose this restaurant or choose this shirt or choose these shoes or choose an apple or an orange or grapes or whatever that might be with our video. But the greatest freedom came through Christ when he shed his blood on Calvary. Do you know he had the freedom not to because he asked the Father, Father I really don't want to do this not my will but yours. It's like okay he has the freedom to take it up and set it down. He's given you the choice to be called to freedom. You are free over sin. Although sin may have a hold of you, you're free over it. You're free to operate in the power through the Holy Spirit to overcome that. Just put your hand on your stomach if you would. I believe the Spirit of the living God lives inside each and every one of you. And if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then the Bible says you become one with him in spirit. I pray that the Holy Spirit will just lead and guide you today. This afternoon when you're facing some difficulty, this afternoon when you're overcoming some issues, whether it's this afternoon or tomorrow or the next day, those are there. 
I pray that you'll operate in the freedom of the Word of God, biblical freedom, that you have the power to overcome the thoughts, the plans and the plots and the schemes of the enemy. You have the power of Christ inside you. And that's Christ, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Jesus, the anointed one and his anointing. You are anointed to overcome. You are anointed to be a conqueror. You are anointed to, to, to walk in the freedom that God wants you to walk in. And you're called to that. So as the Holy Spirit's calling you to step out and into what he has for you. Let the freedom of God reign in your life. I just want to pray for you right now. Father, I just thank you that you have given us the freedom and we were called the freedom. And it's through Christ that we have this freedom. We have the freedom to move and breathe and have our being in you. And that those of us that walk in you and will be led by the Spirit be attentive to what you're going to say to us. And we'll have the courage to carry it out. Forgive where we need to forgive. Bless where we need to bless. Strengthen where we need to strengthen. Seek you in all things. I thank you for the fruit of the Spirit that it's evident in our lives that we continue to walk in. And God, you are so gracious to us. You are so faithful to us. Man, when I mess up and I don't walk in the Spirit, like I feel like I need to be walking in the Spirit, you're there to encourage me. That you encourage all of us to walk in that Spirit and be led by your Spirit. And we'll have what your Spirit desires. We believe that and we receive that right now. In Jesus' name. And everybody said... Amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise today? We bless you today. You were called for freedom. We want to dismiss you today. If you have prayer and want prayer today, please allow us to pray for you. Go forth in his power and his might.